What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Renegade Capes on the Renegade Pop Culture Podcast Network. My name is Mike. I'll be your host for this evening. Joining me, as always, is the Organoid Zero, Rock. How's it going? And we've got the streaming demon, <laughs> Jacob. Hey. And this is our spoiler review for Marvel's Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings. So, Jacob, I'll start. I'll start with you, um, since Brock and I did our own uh, Marvel Hour review a week ago. Um, what are, What are some of your uh, general impressions? Well, um, I liked that um, we finally have a Phase Four Marvel entry that wasn't a continuation of anything. For one thing. I liked how it wasn't a sequel. It wasn't just backstory. It was just, it was just, it was just introducing us to a brand new cast of characters, letting them breathe, letting them do their own thing. Um, like for sure, they're going to be featured in, in future movies. But you know, I just liked that finally we have a standalone, like an origin story that allows these characters to exist in their own unique world. And I. Loved the drama in it. I loved the the character dynamics. It was I loved the mythology. Uh, it was just it was a good time. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Awesome. Um, since since our first review, I have I've had a chance to see the film a second time. Cool. And nice. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that after that second viewing, it it's it is solidified that this movie is in I'm, I'm still vague when it comes to my Marvel rankings. So I, I call it like, there's a lot. <laughs> I, I, I call it top one third. Mm. So if there, so if there's what, like 25 ish movies now, yeah, this is officially the 25th Marvel movie. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, we're a fourth of the way through a hundred Marvel movies. But the thing is, what makes it funny is, you know, this series started in 2008, and this is the 25th one. It, for, to put that into the context, No Time to Die is going to be the 25th Bond movie, and that series started in 1962. It is kind of nuts. Yeah. And I love how, I love how like, ever since, um, ever since 2013, the amount of movies per year has like ever so slightly increased mm -hmm. like the first time we had more than one movie um per year was 2011 we got we got captain america and thor um within like a few months mm -hmm. and then just avengers in 2012 in 2013 it was iron man 3 and thor the dark world on 2014 was Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and Guardians of the Galaxy. And then, like, um, it was either 2017 or 2018. 2017. Yeah, 20, 2017 is when we started to we started to play around with, maybe we can do three movies a year. Yeah, they start three. 2017 was um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Thor Ragnarok. Yep. And now they're going to have how if you 
if you notch the years partway through the years and don't go by January to December, like this next couple chunk of months, it's going to have like seven. <laughs> if you branch it between a year period, just like notching up how many happen in the however many months span, it's going to be kind of nuts. That and when you include yeah. when you include the TV shows, um, you will all there will always be a Marvel character like circulating in the discourse. That's nuts. <laughs> it, it's certifiably insane how well oiled that machine is. Mm -hmm. uh, now, Brock, for those who didn't watch our um, our zero hour, um, how how are you feeling since your initial viewing? Um, I still do like it a lot. It has got the best shot action scenes in a Marvel movie ever. They don't cut it a bunch. Like the scenes on the bus, like I told Mike during our initial review, there's one scene on the bus where it turns into a side-scrolling beat-em-up from a video game. And it was awesome. Yeah, a lot of shots like that are just so needed because it's one criticism that I do tend to agree that people give is that sometimes the fights in Marvel movies, especially between people that don't have powers, can get kind of choppy. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, it's the commitment to having all of this put together, how it was, is great. I'm still a little iffy on how they handled the end fight. It could have been a little bit better, in my opinion, once the dragons and stuff got involved, but outside of that, it's it's really, really good. It's one of the best origin stories they put together. That's oh, for sure. Easily. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, speaking of the bus scene, I, I saw a video on, on Twitter this morning um, that showed a little bit of behind the scene of the bus, like go, coming down the street and just demolishing a line of cars. Oh, it was, I like, I'm, I'm seriously wondering how much of that scene was shot practically and how much is, is CG. It's crazy what, does, what they do nowadays. What does Marvel have against San Francisco? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> First Ant Man the Wasp, now this. And also technically Venom. Technically. Technically. It's not as much as Tyrese would love to say those are entrenched in the MCU. Yeah. No, uh, wait, is that? No, that's Morbius. Morbius is the one he's trying to say, isn't that? I forgot. He's in Morbius. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's funny how Sony just completely forgot Morbius exists. Yeah, I love how they're like, no, wait, Venom, shoot that thing up a month. Keep delaying Morbius. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Morbius. Yeah. The, the great part is, is like, that's going to have a small tie into the rest of small because like the vultures in that movie for however long he's in the trailer so it's going to be weird if like you start seeing ties to other movies where the vultures in it like far from home like no way home and then just so like let's ignore that little itty bitty part where he was in morbius just because <laughs> it's going to be really freaking out of whack now yeah uh um, so getting back to shang chi i'm I'm actually kind of torn now um, between the two like big fight scenes on the bus and um, in the scaffolding, which which one I like better. 
I think I think the bus scene has it has a little bit more. Um, it's a, it's a little bit more grounded, at least towards the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but the like the actual the actual chord like choreography of this like the scaffolding is I think a little bit more impressive. Oh yeah, because of how they had to shoot that thing. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, Jacob, out of out of the two, which which one which one did you find um um more entertaining? I'm gonna have to go with the scaffolding one just because it's such a I don't know, it's just something about that particular environment that has a sort of tension to it. You know, it's just like this unfinished part of a building that just kind of that kind of freaks me out to think about um having a fight scene in that environment. Mm-hmm. And Brock, what about you? I'm actually taking the bus scene because unless I'm forgetting a good chunk of it outside of like age of Ultron, there's not a lot of times where in MCU movies where they're consistently dealing with civilians being in the exact like five feet of where they're fighting. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's where I was kind of like, where he's like grabbing people. So their face isn't smashing into cars as the bus is going across. And like, it's, it was different for that reason alone. It kind of tips it over because it was that, different for me so i take the bus he, scene he could have spared that lady's laptop though that is true <laughs> how, how inconsiderate of him yeah also someone pointed out that the dude that's videotaping um shang chi has been in marvel movies before he he was i, I he am was the, uh, the that, du- yeah he was the do a flip guy in um i think homecoming there we go. I couldn't remember what movie he was in it for a little bit, but there you go. Like my question though is, what is he? What is he doing? Like in San Francisco? I don't know. I don't know. But it's awesome that even little itty bitty characters like that are reused. Like someone pointed out that newscaster that's pinned on everything to like the Punisher, to every Marvel thing where there's a newscast. He's been in like eight different properties. I'm like, I never noticed that, but. Also in um, in Shaoling's uh, Fight Club, um, you see one you see one shot of of a Black Widow fighting fighting some random dude with the uh, extremis. Yes, the extremis. We did not mention that before, but I remembered the extremis. By the way, when you guys talked before, I wasn't able to be a part of it because I had some crap come up. Did any of you come up with a logical reason for the Wong and Abomination fight? Um, because that is still uh, my biggest unanswered. That scene makes no sense in that movie. <laughs> I maybe, haven't, I haven't been able to find anything. Maybe it's maybe that that's the appeal of it is that it's such a random pairing. Like sometimes I do like it in movies or shows where you have a pairing of characters that you would just never imagine being together. Like it's happening a lot with uh, what if. Especially in the latest episode, yeah, which we'll, which we'll get to later. But mm-hmm. yeah, so far I've 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 tried to look for like specific explanations for for like why these two, and I have I've come up short. And why it's like him taking him out for recess for where he's held. Like I told Mike during our review, I'm like, 
that thing is a bigger mystery than me than what they brought up in that end credit scene. Because I'm like, cool, that's sending a signal to something else that I can understand. I'm like, you took Abomination out for recess, had a fight, and then took him back to a UFC ring for the looks. But I'm like, <laughs> if they never address it again, I'm going to laugh. If that was just a random thing, they were like, yeah, he just felt like fighting Abomination. And then he walked back out. That is, by the way, I don't know if you guys know that, but that was Tim Roth doing the voices. Nice. For the abomination. Good. Yeah, I, I think that I was him. That was yep. him. I like how we finally can get to that the was point a, where we're go ahead. I, I like like that was something um you know and the what if episode that was basically a murder mystery. I'm glad they acknowledged Incredible Hulk. You know, finally Marvel acknowledges it outside of having William Hurt. And I cool. It's great that we see Betty Ross again. But tell me. Tell me that wouldn't be better if they actually went out and got Liv Tyler for that. I'm waiting for something because that's exactly what I was going to say. I'm like, people can stop. I don't know what this giant heart on everyone has to go where. Yeah, Edward Norton. It was a different universe. That was before it counted. I don't care that Robert Downey Jr. showed up in the freaking post credit scene. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't count. And then Abomination shows up and all those people are like, still doesn't count to me. I'm like, come on. Why? What is the hard on to stop that movie from counting? Well, <laughs> the they retcon that yeah. by like having uh, Mark Ruffalo, like essentially wear Edward Norton's clothes, but and, and he has the same haircut. Yeah. So that is it. So according to this universe, that did happen. It's just that it was with Mark instead of Edward. Yeah. It's just, oh, also, Abomination has the uh, the fish ears. Yep. Yeah, that kind of threw me off. I was like, wait, that is the Abomination, right? Because I don't remember him having that Incredible Hulk. Nope, he didn't. They just made him look a little bit more comic book accurate. Like, that's the one thing they were missing was his fish ears. Okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's one just sort of those little things that you could tell. And it was like, I didn't care that they weren't there and there, but it's like, no one will ask why he doesn't have them now. So. Okay, so Brock, what were you saying before I so rudely interrupted you? Literally what you said. Oh. I'm happy that they're including the Incredible Hulk stuff now. That's literally what yeah. I was going to say. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Terratipity. So, um, yeah. Were you going to bring up that um, Betty wasn't actually voiced by Liv Tyler? No, I don't remember. I wasn't going to bring that up, but I'm like, we need to, that's the one. I was going to bring up uh, Betty. I was like, that's the one thing. That yeah. hasn't been brought back. That and the thinker. That is the one plot line again that just went right out the window. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what's unfortunate, like to a lot of people, that might as well be Angley's Hulk. As far as that part of it, probably. That's probably yeah. never coming back. But it would it would be so nice to get like a proper um Hulk movie, but Universal, you know, they're not going to let Marvel have it. Yeah, that is one of the that is one thing that I try explaining to people and they're just like, "Nah, movies don't work that way." I'm like, "You should look in the rights once because for a while, Marvel has the rights to animation for Spider-Man, but they don't have it for movies cuz that stuff's different." <laughs> and apparently in uh, Disneyland, they can't have the Marvel Park actually be called Marvel. Because Universal has the rights to have, they already have a Marvel place oh, in Universal yeah. Studios, Florida. That makes sense. That is just, oh. And then it's like, who has Namor again? 
I yeah. think that was that was universal. That was universal too. It's just like, well, it's weird. <laughs> Rights are weird. Marvel went through some shit in the nineties, folks. <laughs> Um, yeah. Spe speaking of rights. Yeah, when they had to like sell their rights like to all these different studios just to remain afloat. Mm -hmm. Speaking of rights, there is a very specific reason why the Mandarin is in this movie, other than to appease both fans and dissenters of Iron Man three. Well, also, I was very happy that they didn't have a character named Fu Manchu, <laughs> PJG's father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, the, so the reason why the Mandarin is is in this movie is because a Marvel no longer has the rights to Fu Manchu, and b that character is racist as fuck. Just like, yeah. oh no, they don't have the rights. Oh no, whatever <laughs> shall we do? Who's holding those? Who? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm glad. I'm glad that. I'm glad that we got the Mandarin in this movie. Exactly. It, and he was not called. That is one thing I'm glad they called out that they're like, okay, that name was dumb. It's racist. And I, as a person who would withhold that, that stature of that character would not want to be called that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, also, in my opinion, much, much like how I think, um, Kingpin makes a better Daredevil villain than a Spider-Man villain. I think the Mandarin is a better uh, Shang-Chi villain. This version of the Mandarin. This version, yes. Yes. Does Jacob know? <laughs> I, I I do. I yeah. I know that Shang-Chi. No, that's sorry. The Mandarin is basically Iron Man's arch nemesis. Oh, no, that's not what I was bringing up. Probably a good reason why the Mandarin's not accurate in this movie. It's because yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's not uh, accurate. I know it's it's incredibly racist. I have heard of that. Well, no, not that. The ten rings are essentially two more infinity gauntlets. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, is do you that bring, what's do you going bring to like? Powers? I'll rifle through them again. On his left hand, on his pinky, he has an ice blast that can freeze the air in its path that can lower an object's temperature to absolute zero. On his ring finger. The Mento Intensifier magnifies the Mandarin's psychic energy, enabling him to mentally control a person, effective only at short range. Middle, Electroblast emits quantities of electric energy determined by the wearer. Upper limits, output is unknown. Index finger is a flame blast in infrared radiation that can cause air to incandesce by igniting its molecules. Maximum output is unknown. And the thumb is white light, emits many types of energy from electromagnetic spectrum, frequently used to intensify the visibility in laser beams. Right hand, pinky is black light, creates an area of absolute darkness where light is absorbed. It's believed this ring can access the dark forest used by people such as Dark Star and the Shroud. Ring finger, disintegration beam, destroys bonds between atoms and molecules, causing an object's cohesion to fall apart, needs 20 minutes to recharge between uses. Middle finger, vortex beam, causes air to swirl about in a vortex at high speed, can levitate objects, propel wear, mandarin, in a fight, and is used as a weapon. Index finger, impact beam, pro projects concussive force at approximately 350 pounds of TNT, can, can also cause intense sonic vibrations and magnetic waves, and the thumb is the matter rearranger, can rearrange atoms and molecules of substances or speeds slow up and down their movements and result in various effects cannot actually transmute elements. 
But can it, can it wipe out half the universe, though? No. But it's still pretty comparable to each one's got a different power. Okay. So I was like, this makes sense. And also, if he's going to fight Shang-Chi, got to depower him a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Especially since Shang-Chi gets them, it makes a lot more sense for them to be toned down, which this is a really cool version of the Ten Rings, in my opinion. I agree. Although what's kind of funny is... Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys are familiar with the uh, pitch meeting series on Screen Rant's uh, YouTube yes. channel. Yes. <laughs> um, like one one of the first jokes is um, so the guy is going to to give his pitch. It's Shang Chi and the legend, the legend of the ten uh, bracelets. <laughs> that's right. They really could have called it that. That is. It's that's they're weird. They're not all white. That they're. Tech- that they're not called bracelets instead of rings. Essentially, they're bracelets, but they are in a ring shape. So they yeah, yeah, yeah. They're 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 like they're like rings in the same way that like Sonic's golden rings are. Yeah, exactly. And he does find them in in comics. He finds them in this ancient valley. So it's technically a weird, off-brand what's who's it thing like this. But yeah. I don't remember if they made him immortal in comics, but the fact that they made him an immortal ruler because of them is awesome. That's a great little touch. Yeah. yeah. It's it's basically that pretty much makes him um Marvel's version of Vandal Savage in a way. Sure. I mean, far far from being like a total immortal. Would you compare him to being more like Marvel's version of Raish? I think he I think he's a little bit of both. A little bit of both? Okay. Because Raish has got the longevity, but not quite as long as Savage, depending on where you're the, going. The, re- the, reason, the reason I bring up Savage is because is because the, of the origin of how how he got his he got his power. Oh, you are right. You are right with that. That is true. But both but both because you know from a storytelling position, um like the Mandarin and and Raish are kind of positioned in like the same in the same fashion. Yes, that is true. And oh, what is the guy's name that plays him again? Tony Leone. He did so good. I hope he's brought up in flashbacks because man, that dude pulled off Stone Cold Killer really well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That scene when he walks in with Shang into that parlor, <laughs> like he's not about to just murder 10 people with his teenage son standing next to him is awesome. <laughs> yes. Uh. Um, so I didn't I didn't mention this earlier, but uh this movie is directed by um Destin Daniel Cretton, who has who has directed other films like Short Term Twelve, um, Glass Castle, and um, Just Mercy. And one thing that he's really he's really good at is, um, pretty pretty much tell, telling like, drama. Yeah. And first of all, Jacob, I want to ask about, you about a intimate family drama because yeah, because I I never seen the Glass Castle. But I do. I have seen what's basically about. It's about a family that's living off the grid, 
And Woody Harrelson, like, he thinks that he's doing his kids a favor, but it's actually, he's just abusing them, basically. Yeah. Have you have you seen his other two films? The, the other ones were uh, Short Term 12. I've seen Short Term 12. Um, and then the other one was uh, Just Mercy. That one I have not. I yeah I've I've seen I've seen all of them and honestly they're they they're 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 each great in their own in their own unique ways but the common through line is is like the um, intimate family drama because even even short term twelve while it's not like an actual family it's just like it's one of those um, I'm not sure the right term for it like. Like it's it's one of those like um, halfway homes. That's what it is. Yeah. But yeah, that's that that's one of the strengths of this movie too. The um, you know the the emphasis on family, the importance of um, understanding and accepting your um, like your background, um, accepting your past, and embracing. The future. I love how also in the movie that it's like I escaped it for ten years. No, I let you live your life for ten years, and now I'm done. <laughs> the false fact of like he was always keeping tabs on him is great because it's one thing that would have made the him for how long he's been doing this seem weird that he would just lose track of him for ten years. <laughs> Yeah, I mean he's been he's been alive for about a thousand. Ten yeah. ten years is like it's like go play in the background. Yeah, like, exactly. Go, go go play outside. I'll call you when dinner's ready. Exactly. Oh. And I was not expecting to like his that they barely show her, but how great his sister was. Oh yeah. Um yeah. so for those who don't know, um this was um, Mangar Zhang's first. I want. I want to say first, like major theatrical film, but fuck it. This is this is her first film, period, and she and she crushed it, killed it, killed it in performing and in life because she entered the production and single and swing, left married. <laughs> Also, she is still my favorite character. I think I would agree. Yeah, uh, Jacob, do you concur? Yeah, I really got don't have anything to add. You know, she she had a real presence in the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably probably some of the best um, screen presence from from a complete novice that I've seen. In a while, she knows how to carry herself in a scene. That's for sure. Um, less less surprising, but just as great. I thought was Aquafina as yeah as Katie. Yes, she, and I like how they just kept them as friends, right? Aquafina, I don't care what anyone says. Uh, that's 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 another that's another thing that um they joked about in the in the pitch meeting. It's like, oh, but they they just stay friends, but they're they're two different genders. But okay, 
It's fine. Yep. They're friends. Loved about, okay. It's one thing I loved about Winter Soldier. There was no love interest outside of a couple of jokes from Black Widow and a one sort of meme with um, Carter. The movie just got to be the movie. It's nice to have that every now and then. Agreed. Um, so we have we haven't talked about this yet. Um, we get to see we get to see Trevor Slattery again after seven years since uh, Hail to the King. That's eight. Oh, I was I was gonna say Iron Man three. Never mind. Uh, Go on. Yeah, it's crazy. Almost a decade. Um. Yeah. Now what? Now what do you guys think of of him being? The vessel for Maurice. I liked him. I any yeah. any reason to just see Ben Kingsley again? That's more than that's worth the price of admission. Exactly. Same. And the I, fact that he was in for that long was nuts. Was not expecting that. Yeah, I I, I thought we I thought yeah. at first like when when we first meet him that oh. He's just going to be here for the silly little prison scene, but but then Morris comes out, and it's like, oh, okay, so this is where they're going. Mm-hmm. Maurice or the Marvel Gizmo, as I like to call him. <laughs> yeah, all all, all, Dis- all Disney cares about is, <laughs> hey, we're going to make another plushie and sell like a billion dollars. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You could bet well, he's going to show up not- in other Shang-Chi movies. Yeah, Groot hasn't been a baby in four years. That's true. And teenage Groot's not nearly as cute. Um, Yeah, they got. got I I need to know uh, when you guys saw Iron Man three back in 2013. How did you feel about the Mandalorian twist? The Mandarin twist. Sorry, I loved it. I I was all I was always in. I loved it. Now, one thing I have to ask you, Jacob. Because I had a rant about this on our zero hour review. A lot of people get mad when roles are whitewashed. I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. I don't mind if you take a white character, do whatever. As long as it if it fits the character, it's fine. But when no one complained about Ben Kingsley, Sir Ben Kingsley, you can't get any more not Asian than Ben Kingsley got announced to be the Mandarin, there wasn't a peep. Why? Because Ben Kingsley's awesome. And then they started bitching as soon as he wasn't the Mandarin. So they didn't care that he was playing an Asian character. They just got upset as soon as he wasn't playing an Asian character. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) Slight correction. Yeah. Um... Ben Kingsley actually isn't white. He's white, but he is white passing. His dad is... He's of Indian descent because that's why he was able to play Gandhi. Yep, that's why. I, no one I wasn't claiming that he was white. I'm just saying Sir Ben Kingsley. You can't get more okay. non-Asian so it's like, come on. I, I, yeah. I, knew, I knew he meant I just wanted okay. to, I just wanted to point that out. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's weird. We also brought up freaking... Uh, Liam Neeson as Rachel Ghoul and no one complained. <laughs> Did, yeah. Ditto Tom Hardy as uh, Bane. Yeah. 
I I yeah. I am honestly more upset about that than than probably any other any other whitewashing. Mm-hmm. But get Dave Batista in the DCU. <laughs> um, yeah, yes. actually, I I will say this: the, the twist and the Mandarin twist in Iron Man three made sense. It thematically made sense because the movie was about putting on a disguise. You know, yeah. was putting on because Tony put on a disguise when he was trying to appeal braver than he actually was. And you had the war machine, which was just an Iron Man suit, but just painted red, white, and blue. So yeah, absolutely. That it, it made sense, but there are some people who heard that the Mandarin was going to be in Shang Chi, and they're like, "Oh, so you could include um, the Mandarin in a movie without it being a racial stereotype?" So <laughs> that reason why they got a little pissy at that. Oh, yeah, because it was just going to be like, you're just going to ruin it again and be stupid. Like, no. And it's like, with, with the racial stereotype thing, I'm glad that they had the conversation where they're like, okay, that naming convention was dumb. Back then, it was dumb. And I will not be addressed as such because I am not. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very glad that scenes like that were included. Mm-hmm. And it didn't seem like, what do I want to say? It didn't seem forced. Right. It, it seemed like him addressing the stupidity of the Americans that called him that. Right. <laughs> and I appreciated it that because that was really on the nose in that in that part of it. But it meant to be because they're addressing something they've done in the past, not trying to recorrect something. I was like, yeah, like, oh, like they wow. named him. They got the name from a, a duck dish. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so well done. Yeah, that's some clever lampshading there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, everything in that movie was addressed well, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's now, I think I think last the last time you and I spoke, Brock, um, I I had like very slight complaints about um, the third act battle with. Um, with Shang Chi kind of like doing his thing with the te- with the ten rings, mm-hmm. yeah, um, we both kind of did. <laughs> I, 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 um, the second time I saw the movie, I didn't feel I didn't really have much to complain about with the um, with that fight because a, um, like we mentioned before, the, like the nature of the ten rings has been well, obviously changed from the comics, but but changed even between between users. Mm-hmm. Um, there, therefore, B, it doesn't it doesn't matter how the rings work; it's how he makes them work. Yeah. Like putting his own spin on this ancient weapon. Yeah, it, it's going to be cool that he gets to use them more often too, because that's, it, it's a great visual effect, how they mastered how those rings work and how they, it'll be cool to see. Cause they can be moments where they can have it be really cocky in future movies to be like, I don't need to use the rings. I'll just beat your ass with my bare hands. <laughs> it's just like, it's opening up a lot of cool possibilities with him being a martial arts master. And I'm excited. That's it opens up a lot of cool possibilities. Oh yeah, 
Uh, now let's talk a little bit more about um, Talong because like some, some people complain that the second act of this movie is where things slow down. I don't, I don't disagree that like, um, like structurally it is a bit slower, but I, I disagree that that's a bad thing. Like I, I like being able to take in all the visuals and get to meet like the people um, like from this alternate universe. And yes, they do call it a universe. Un unlike Wakanda, which is just over there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jacob, what'd you think of, of uh, Talong? Talong. Um, and did I, did, uh, is that the name of the place? That, yeah, um, that's, sorry, that's the I, place I was a little distracted. Um, I'm sorry. Um, okay. um, it's, it, it was, cool like you know it was you know like it was it's i i i'll be honest i at first i thought that um the older lady who greeted them was their mother <laughs> I, 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 I at first yeah. i don't I and then she said it. you look just like your mother um in subtitles and then i was like oh okay so why would she say why would she say that not you look just like me yeah right I, I only I only thought that really in the mark like in the trailers, but then but then the line "You are your mother," and whether you not whether you like it or not, you are your father, kind of didn't really make sense with that with that in mind. So I'm like, oh, okay, so clearly she's another relative, mm -hmm. and also just Michelle Yao is awesome. She is. Um. Like if if nothing if nothing else, this movie, this movie, almost kind of brings her out of retirement as an action star, because she 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 showed she's been showing up in like, in like recent Hollywood movies, but more just like, more more just as like a minor supporting character, where here like she gets to kick ass again, mm -hmm. and it. I didn't think that was gonna happen. Just I never thought in a million years that was gonna happen. And it's like I think the last movie that I remember seeing her in was Crouching Tiger. Yeah, that okay. that might be the last one as far yeah. as far as I can remember. For action where she did a lot of stuff like that. She's been in obviously other stuff since then because she works, but like just like this is so cool. <laughs> it's just like getting to see that come back because that was one of my favorite movies when I was growing up and uh it was great. <sighs> and that was um I heard someone kind of complain that it um and this is a movie that I like, but I will admit that it does slow it down, that it kind of had the rebooted Mortal Kombat syndrome in the middle where they had to wait to have all the action. This handled that sort of situation a lot better. Yeah. You know, you know, it's funny. We, um, you, like you and I, at least we talked about Mortal Kombat and, uh, and Snake Eyes fairly positive. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, predictably the Marvel movie comes in and says, hold my beer. Pretty much. Outside of Bloodshed, which they, minus having the Bloodshed, 
So people get wrecked at the end of this movie, including yep. a character that I thought was going to be very important, Death Dealer, just gets unceremoniously outed. Just gone. Honestly, when they first showed um, Shang-Chi waking up, I thought that we were going to um, see him in a boxing match, like a wrestling match, like in Mortal Kombat and in Snake Eyes. When actually, it turns out, oh, he's just a chauffeur. <laughs> <laughs> because that's that such like... a cliche now that you know that you start out with the last two movies you have a guy who kind of has a backstory and then next thing you see him doing is cage fighting mm-hmm. yeah i'm i'm glad that they avoid they avoid kind of quite a few cliches we talked about there not being a love interest um like sean <laughs> By the way, I'm still I'm still cackling. At, I'm still cackling at that at that scene for how the like they spent a whole minute like debating the pronoun like the correct. Oh yeah, on the plane, and it's and it's ruined me because I'm used to Shanghai and I'm used to Shang Tsung. So now that comes along and it's Shang, and my entire life is like, have I been saying that wrong? Is Ed Boon stupid? <laughs> it's like, what is this? And then also the yeah, fact for the that longest she... time I thought, go ahead. Yeah, for the longest time I called this movie Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah, and then the fact that they openly address in the movie how dumb Shang was, where he's like, "Your name is Shang, and you disguised yourself as Sean." You expected him not to find you when you changed a <laughs> syllable. He's like, I was 15. It's still stupid. <laughs> yeah. Should have named yourself like Carl. <laughs> like... Mm. <laughs> uh, it's very, that's one thing that I appreciate that movies do every now and then. And they do it in a proper manner like this one, where it's like stupid thing happened, but you can be excused because they addressed it in a proper manner yeah. As the people knowing that it's stupid. Yeah. Also, also, it kind of feels like that um that scene kind of lampshades the MCU's complete disregard of superhero secret identities. How Peter Parker is pretty much the only one that has one, and it's turned into a plot detail of his third movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To to even to even the point that Doctor Strange is like. You're leaving. You're leaving a double life. You can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. man. Gosh, that's like, and I try to, and I. That's one thing that people don't even realize sometimes. Like, I just bring that up. And I'm like, isn't it kind of weird how we got even through Civil War and it wasn't about secret identities? And the people, you guys like, know those how I should have ended uh, animations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, they did one on Iron Man, and it shows him. At the cafe with Batman and Superman, and he's recapping the events of the ending. He says, "Yeah, I was at the press conference. And I told everyone I'm Iron Man." And Superman and Batman are like, "What, dude? <laughs> you can't do that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Your super, your arch enemies will threaten the people you love. <laughs> they cut forward to two movies later. He's telling them his home address just in case they didn't realize it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Blatant disregard. <laughs> it's, it's like... But, yeah. Um, Jacob, how did you feel about the fact that at the end of the movie, the last fight was not with 
Wen Wu. I didn't mind. Were you expecting that? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know. I just I, I, I mean, don't really have uh, huge expectations for you know these Marvel movies because they don't always follow them exactly. Okay. I mean, so, unless you know, they sometimes unless you're they like throw a hard... curveball at you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unless you're a hardcore fan of the comics, I don't think anyone was expecting a fight between a giant like demon squid a demon thing. squid death bat <laughs> yeah like i don't think anyone expected a fight between that and the great protector yes i mean it was it was awesome but like i don't think anyone was really expecting that no, because, like, you only ever see him in the water talking to him. And in my mind, that was, like, a vision that he saw. That's what I figured that was going to be anyway. Okay. But, yeah. And I talked with, when we talked with, during the review on my channel, you talked about how this is kind of like turning, like, their version of Lord of the Rings as far as, like, mythical creatures go. Because, like, yeah, the rhinos in Wakanda. And you saw, like, Korg in, Thor in the Thor movies. But there wasn't that many out there things outside of Frost Giants. You had all sorts of stuff just popping up in here that had no explanation for why it had to be why it was. It's just because it could be. It's yeah, basically had... Pandora. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. My, my my favorite though is uh like what when once they park the car and they see like the like the weird horses mm -hmm. and Slattery's just like oh hello you strange looking horse horse <laughs> yes and it's like they have their I also said the mic that they basically it's like huh they don't have anything like Ragnarok when it got destroyed Shang Chi happens say hello <laughs> to our new version of Ragnarok <laughs> or I mean yeah, of Asgard. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, Asgard, New Asgard now is just like uh, that sea shanty town. Yeah, but if they wanted to, here's Asgard. Pretty much, this is their new mystical place that they can explore a bunch of stuff through. So, it's... did anyone? Good. Uh, speaking of which, um, did you guys see parallels between? Shang-Chi and Wen-Wu's relationship with uh, Thor and um, Odin. Mm. To, to a degree. Like, because both fathers have done bad stuff, right? Yeah. Well, sure. Um, but I, th I think the difference would be is that Odin, until the end, wouldn't have admitted it was bad. And I think when we openly knew he right. was being bad. Yeah. This is their way of handling certain things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Plus, it, se it seems like with Odin, he's far more ashamed of his past. Whereas um, when Wu is like, okay, I love this woman, so I'm gonna I'm going to settle down, but it's not. It's not like he gave up the rings. He like he has them. He has them like for in safekeeping. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but 
Yeah, and then um, someone brought up, who was it? Uh, that they thought that um, the person that Shang is sent to murder by his dad was going to be Aquafina's grandmother. Mm. Huh. Or was the, there a grandmother from the farewell? I I can't remember exactly what it was. I believe it was grandmother. It was some character she mentions dying in the oh, movie. Oh, well, then they're a uh, grandmother in the farewell. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> they're just like, but yeah, there was like, they thought that was going to be it. So that was going to draw attention between them. But it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah. And they had, oh, they also, I can't remember brought up what the actual, um, Soul, soul. Oh, what were they called? Um, soul eaters. Soul eaters were in the comics. Wow, do they look different? They look like He Man villains. Like I can't remember what exactly He Man villain it looks like, but like the fin head and some random other things, and it's he. It's different. It's not a giant like squid. That, are you seeing it now? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm looking at one of them. Um, well, the, the picture I saw was for a, um, a krill, okay. spelled uh, K apostrophe R L L. Okay. I don't I don't know if that's supposed to be the same thing, but wow, it looks like it looks um, completely different than uh, oh, yeah. than what was depicted in the film. Yeah, it's not even remotely close. It's kind of nuts, but. And you know what? They've done that with stuff before, and I'm okay with that because I was very more okay with this version than I would have gotten, like I said, the He-Man villain of what it kind of looks like in the comics. That's that's one thing I've always kind of liked about um, the MCU is that when they when they make when they make changes to certain characters or um or like you know some some of the more out there ideas um, on the page, they translate it in a way that's that's more um, accessible for a general audience, but without without um, without losing the core of what made what made these characters appeal like appealing in the first place. Yep, yeah. they're very good at rejiggering things, and that's what happens when you have a comic book. And aficionado and fanboy <laughs> Kevin Feige is probably sitting there going, "That could work. That could be rejigger it that way." Why not? <laughs> yeah, like he's looking through like a catalog and going, "Eh, that's good. No, no, that's good. That's crap. That's crap. Oh, that that can work. That like audience newcomers can um like new audiences can be receptive to that. You know, that can be like that. That's why. Nope, nope. Yep, and exactly. And he's one of those people that understands where it's like. Yeah, that's how it was when I read it. I don't think we. Yeah, can can, you can only go so weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unless you get people again, like James, where it's like, "Hey, Kevin, I know some weird stuff too. What's acceptable?" <laughs> yeah. So apparently, Eternals. I'm interested to see how weird that looks. Um, they say that it's going to be full on Jack Kirby. Yeah, I'm hoping because they do. Even I know what that means. Like that. Yes, they don't have anything like that. In the MCU, yeah. not even close. And the best thing about Eternals is this: this wasn't this wasn't um, this wasn't a pitch that like Kevin came up with. This was this was Chloe Zhao who went to um, Kevin Feige herself and like, I want to do this, and then Feige's like, okay, do that. Yeah, 
Yeah. That reminds me of um, the thing that I told Mike about. Um, the uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but the original 10 movies that Marvel pitched the studio off of, Shang-Chi was one of them. I looked back at it the other day. It was also Nick Fury, just Nick Fury, and Power Pack was in there too. Wow. I... <laughs> I, I I was always thinking like Power Pack would have made a great like it it would have made like a great animated movie like like how Big Hero Six went to Disney Animation. Mm-hmm. I figured like Power Pack would be would be like one of the next ones. But yeah. now but now that Marvel has like their own um like their own animation offshoot, they can they can do some of those like you know, some of those more obscure characters. Yep, like I'm just waiting for the day when they announce next wave. Well, that that and Squirrel Girl, just go stupid, please. Do I, all those comics where she beats everyone. Just have it be a what if Looney Tunes level of stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be great. What 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 if Squirrel Girl um, saved the day in Endgame? <laughs> what if what if Squirrel Girl KO'd Thanos? I want that so bad. <laughs> well, you know, it'd be more plausible than what the fan theory involving Ant-Man was. I, al- I also love where it's like, it had to be his ass. Couldn't be his nose. Couldn't be his mouth. Couldn't be his ear. Had to. Had to be his ass. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't work otherwise. Thanus. Thanus. <laughs> As I believe Paul Rudd referred to it as. <laughs> Thanus. I love it. Thanus. Yes. But, speaking of, I don't know how much more we want to get into the movie because those end credit scenes are kind of nuts. Yeah, let's, let, let's, let's wrap up talking about the end credit scenes because... Um, before we before we recorded, I was I was just on um, the TV tropes page, trying to trying to look up like, you know, just fill, just kind of filling in the gaps of of what, like what I missed. And as far as as far as timeline goes, like it's it's still kind of up in the air where exactly Shang Chi lies, because we know um, from that scene that Bruce Banner. Still in the sling. Yep. Is... And he's back to being Bruce Banner. Mm. Yep. And Captain, Mar- and Captain yeah. Marvel has her long hair again. Yeah, which she had as long as hair as, like, me and Jacob in Endgame. A little bit longer. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. And then she gets that um, message. Like, she gets that little, like, a beacon, which I can only assume is Monica Rambeau. Could be. Yeah. And um, I can't think of her name. Uh, the other Marvel. Can't think oh, of her name. Um, Kamala Khan. Kamala Khan. Thank you. Ah, that's just nuts. Well, that's coming up. It's crazy. And then it ends with um, them them and Juan uh, doing karaoke. Yes. I also brought this up with Mike. I think it's happening, and I hope it stays this way, 
that Wong is basically becoming the new Coulson of what Coulson used to be in phase one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, I would call him like the Coulson and Nick Fury. That way, yeah. that way he doesn't have to die. Yeah. Because the like position guy who just kind of, you know, tags along, you know, he, yeah, and he has the perfect nonchalance, like not caring about any of this. And he has the perfect way to talk to anyone. Where do I have to go? Tell me. All right, I'm gone. <laughs> just they're just in the bar. And he's like, I don't even have time. Just get in the portal. Just we'll <laughs> talk later. Let's just yeah. it'll be easier. <laughs> just get in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Thinking with portals. Yeah. Exactly. And it's you don't even have to explain how stupid it is. He just needs to know where they are. It's perfect. Yep. It's magic. You don't have to explain it. No, and like we still don't know where Wong's going in freaking far no way home. Or why the Sanctum Centorium is in winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was another thing when, when watching that trailer. I'm like, why why is it you know like, what? <laughs> We should we should seriously consider for this website, guys. What we should seriously consider doing is making a trailer reaction videos. I'm okay with that. Yeah, honestly, just so I, I really wish we thought that sooner before uh, Spider Man No Way Home trailer came out. So Don't you worry. could when when trailer number two drops and oh, we, we see all three Spider Men, we'll be on it. Yeah. Part of me, part of me thinks honestly, and again. Andrew Andrew Garfield, bless his soul, promises he's not in this movie. <laughs> but if all three of them are in there, which I believe they would throw Scrooge McDuck levels of money at this to get all three of them, yeah. that they don't show Toby in the trailers. Mm. They show Garfield. But it's borderlining endgame portal scene with Toby coming in <laughs> at just the most what the rookies can't handle this. <laughs> right. You've got to have him come in, and it's just like, oh. I hope they, if that's true, they have the balls to save Toby. I hope. Yeah, it would be, would it be would awesome. be like a freaking orgy in the theater if that happened. I would be, I'd be losing it. I'm not even one of those people that like thinks that it's that sacred of a Bible. Like I believe those movies are good. I don't think they're as good as everyone else says they are when you look mm -hmm. at them with a later lens, but still the amount of just legacy those movies have. Here's the thing. I don't trust, I don't trust Sony to not spoil the reveal. That is part of it, but I am honest to God wondering because of how much Marvel is in it. If they might have any type of say in this because they didn't do a good chunk of the reveals that normally would have happened with Sony in the far from home trailers. Good point. So that's my only hope. My only hope. <laughs> um, still, I think, I think at least one of them, if, if not both will be in the second trailer. Oh, I agree. Or they'll be just, you want to be really cocky. If they did it, if you just have Garfield and um, Garfield and Holland, Holland checking their web shooters, and then <laughs> you just have in the background going, 
you have web shooters and then it cuts <laughs> yeah like that's so lame <laughs> yeah my, i have like a little slit on my wrist you know that can that works somehow exactly it's just i better hope i don't punch someone in a weird way i just always love how the web shooters are like i have an exact amount of pressure that i push to make sure it, so that it doesn't happen when i close my fist <laughs> yeah. jacob I can't remember what the comic is called, but if I can find it, I will send it to the RPC chat. There is a comic that they made after the um, after the uh, McGuire films, or after the first one or the second one, I can't remember, where in comic books, they wanted to make it so that Spider-Man had organic web shooters. Okay. And the exact path that it gets to there, I'm a little bit sketchy on, but it involves him getting borderlined alien mouth raped by a spider goddess and then he gives birth to himself and then he has organic web shooters he turns into a giant spider monster gives birth to a new version of himself just to give himself organic web shooters i can't remember what the comic's called but wow it's 12 buckets of stupid comics are weird or another one. Look up Spider-Man Rain, where you find out that he killed Mary Jane because his semen is radioactive. I'm not kidding. Why do you tell me this, Brock? Because <laughs> when I talk about Spider-Man, I have to tell people about those two comics. They're so dumb. What's even dumber is when he realizes that he goes to dig her up. She's completely skeletal, but she still has her flowing red hair. So you see him hugging a skeleton that's completely gone, but it still has bright red hair. Oh. Oh, it's great. Spider-Man I, I love this medium. Comics yeah. are dumb, and it's why I love them. Yeah. But yeah, Sean now I even know cool. I don't even know what a good comic or a bad comic looks like anymore. That becomes a part of your opinion after a while. Yeah. Because I know some people that think Rain is a good comic book, and I have a hard time talking to those people. <laughs> Before things get too off the rails, yeah. let's let's talk about the final um, stinger, um, which, of course, I loved because it's... Uh, your favorite character. It's, yeah, it's Shaoling. Yep. Turning, turning her dad's old op base of operations into into another club. Yep. It's oh, it, it's just setting up. It's like, hey, and again, I said this with Mike. They're not purposely doing it, but I do love how they're like, it was really cool how we had a sibling rivalry in these first set of movies. We can have another one. <laughs> and now we they could make the ten rings into an insanely cooler version of Hydra. Yeah. They they can they can be a cooler version of Hydra and they can also be a less boring version of the hand. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I th I think I think the hand was like the best in Daredevil season 1, but in Daredevil season 2 Electro is cool, but I was I was just not into the overuse of of the hand. 
You know when the hand is best? When it's the foot in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. <laughs> there's also a comic, Jacob, where you find out there's one where they tie together the origins of Daredevil and the Ninja Turtles where the same chemical that blinded Daredevil made the turtles what they are. It's a random one-off where they tie the origins together. <laughs> comics are dumb <laughs> and that's why they're great yep his head's breaking apart he's like yeah i'm I, I I just gonna this. stick with the movies <laughs> leave it up to us we'll bring up the stupid shit every now and then. yeah yeah i i just came on board to uh talk about the the movies i didn't sign up for this shit <laughs> that's i'm sorry i'm sorry jacob but that's but that's what the show is all about. Okay. We have I, I haven't felt like this much experience. of a brain melt since Josh read Ready Player Two and the Thanksgiving one. Oh dear God. <laughs> I was I was like, guy Josh, why do you do this to yourself? But guys, guys, I think we need a stage intervention. That's like why I watch bad creature movies. Because I hate myself. And then and then Cameron was like, okay, you know what, keep going. And I was like, no, Cameron, don't do it! You fool! You've fallen into the abyss. It's your funeral, man! It's your funeral. How many times we gotta keep telling you, old man? All right, yeah. I could, oh, we could all say that we all love the movie. Oh, by the way, uh, Hayden just said in the Renegade Marquee uh, chat on Facebook... Apparently, Ready Player One is a twist. Rating it is a coping mechanism used in Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, boy. God, that movie just sounds worse and worse every time I hear about it. We will talk about that one. Brock, are you familiar with the premise of Dear Evan Hansen? Uh roughly but that could be okay. a subject for a different day because we got to close this puppy off before we okay go yeah, fair enough <laughs> i was hoping i would get my revenge on you you could get it on another podcast when we're live again you could drop that on me okay <laughs> keep that one in the chamber oh yes okay. uh for now uh jacob where can everyone find you online you can find me on Facebook and Twitter under J.O. Crable, K-R-E-H-B-I-E-L. I'm also part of the Renegade Pop Culture Facebook group, and I have my own Letterboxd account, Streamin' Demon. And Brock? You can find me everywhere at Organoid Zero. Streaming mostly. I got my new streaming setup done. It looks really slick, and I was literally just doing it right before we got here. I'll be streaming Life is Strange for basically this whole weekend, depending on when this gets put up. So, yeah. And you guys can find me on Twitter. At Captain K42. You can check out my letterbox at letterbox.com slash coach K42 and find me in all the various Facebook groups just at my name. You can find Renegade Pop Culture on Facebook and Twitter at Ren Pop Culture. You can look for us on Podchaser, listen to all of our podcasts on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen. And last but not least, everything can be found at renegadepopculture.com. Need to escape? So do we. That'll do it for this episode of Renegade Capes. Thank you guys for joining, and we will catch you guys later.